Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story? This is a short podcast from Light Reading where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Ian Morris about Elon Musk's offer to buy Twitter for $43 billion. We discuss the potential motives behind his purchase of Twitter, what it could look like if he does go through with taking ownership of the social media outlet, and what kind of impact that could have on Twitter's future revenues and profits. Well, Ian, thanks for joining me on What's the Story? Hi, Kelsey. How are you doing? Good. Uh, so you wrote recently on uh, Elon Musk has some uh, big plans to potentially buy Twitter. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why he's interested in Twitter and you know what his motivations might be for for purchasing it? Yeah, I, I mean he's a he's an odd character. Obviously, he's quite an eccentric <laughs> figure, and um, we, we we never we're never entirely sure with Elon Musk what what he's up to. I think whatever he does, you know. Um, he he did sort of a, a few days ago, or I forget exactly when, but he has already made a, uh, the purchase of a stake in Twitter. I think he, he owns about 9.2% of it now. Um, so that, that's something that's already happened. And then there was speculation that he might take a seat on the board. Uh, but the latest sort of twist was um, a few days ago when he, he made a, a full sort of bid um, for about, about offering about 43 billion, I think, to buy the whole company. Um, which would value it. I think it, the value is about fifty-four dollars per share. Um, the current, I mean, the current stock market value is about forty-six. I think so. It's it's higher than that. But Twitter was much higher back in February last year. It was up at about seventy-seven. Mm. So I guess I guess for the board, it's. I mean, they've they seem to be fighting this. There's talk of this sort of poison pill move, which would mean sort of flooding the you know, the allowing allowing existing shareholders to buy more stock and it would make it a lot more difficult for Musk to come in and, and take control. Um, and it's quite a controversial thing to do. So how this plays out, we don't know. But in terms of his intentions, I mean, he's 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 been on Twitter a lot. He's, he's a sort of tweetaholic, I guess, up there with people like Donald Trump, you know, <laughs> always kind of sounding off and making quite controversial remarks that often get him into trouble. Um, and he's been talking recently about the need for sort of a free speech platform, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, there's too much, uh, too, too much um, intervention, I guess, by the by Twitter and, and maybe by other social media platforms as well, mm-hmm. in terms of taking content down that they don't like. And, you know, he's, he's not, he obviously doesn't approve of that. He thinks it should be much more open and, and people should be able to just come and say what they want and not, not fear sort of that happening. Um, and that and and that's it's conceivable that that is his main motive. I mean, he's somebody who doesn't seem to be driven by the same, you know, motivations as a lot of other investors. You know, he's talked about wanting to colonize Mars. And I remember we saw him at Mobile World Congress last year going on about, you know, his, his sort of desire is to make, you know, to make things easier for humankind. And, you know, he's he's very much a kind of big brain scientist, I think, more than a mm-hmm. more than a typical investor. So. You know, feasibly, it's conceivable that he does want to come along and take ownership to turn it into something where making a profit isn't his main objective. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because you yeah. have, um, you know, you've got a in, in the article you wrote, you've got a nice graph there about Twitter's revenues and profits and um yeah. 
you know, it seems like Twitter's really struggled on the the profitability side for a number of years. So um, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been loss making in in in. I mean, I think they've only made a, they've only turned a profit in sort of two of the last ten years. They ran into mm-hmm. some litigation issues in in the last year, and and they would have been profitable other than that. And in fairness to them, their their user base has been going up quite a lot, and their sales have been going up. Um, and they, and they, I mean, this is actually one of the concerns. If he does come along and, and make a move and, and does what he says and makes it a much more sort of open, free for all, anything goes type of place, I know some of the equity analysts are quite concerned that that would put mm-hmm. off big brands. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, how, how much appetite is there really for that kind of environment? I mean, it, free speech is held up as a sort of perfect ideal, but in today's environment, it's people don't get away with saying what they want all of the time and um, corporations are scared off advertising next to controversial content. We've seen that happen quite a lot. So there's, I think there's this worry that you might you might scare away the main source of revenues, um, which would affect Twitter's ability, obviously, then to be profitable. And, and you might also have an impact on the, the user base. I mean, it's, it's debatable how much appetite there is amongst ordinary people, I think, for, for something that, that's of that nature. I think a lot of people find Twitter quite a intimidating environment to go into anyway and mm-hmm. and 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 they maybe want to see you know they want to see some kind of controls about what happens i mean the, the i think the main concern for me is that if he did to, I, I actually welcome the idea of him coming along and making it more open mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i don't it's up to him in a way i think we need i think one of the problems with the social media platforms is they, they've turned into these um you know these open spaces where people can come along and chat and they get like into sort of town squares of old you know everybody meets and exchanges views but they're sort of controlled by this handful of of you know mega rich internet mm-hmm. um, in, internet sort of entrepreneurs and I, and I, my my view would be it's not really up to them to be you know to be weighing in and and deciding what happens i think they've i mean it's a difficult one yes because they're you know they're publicly owned companies they're not um they're not actually in the sort of government sector or anything but they they have that status now where they're just sort of regarded as a public space you know and mm-hmm. i think it i think we need some we need some kind of clearer regulation about um what you can and can't say and i, I don't think it really should be left up to somebody like elon musk to do that so so i think a move by him it, it, however it plays out. I think a move by him to take ownership sort of presents concerns on both ends. It, it, for me, it presents concerns on the on the free speech side of things. But you know, I, I can also see why an investor would be worried about, um, or an equity analyst rather, would be worried about what what it means for Twitter um, with him as a majority owner. You know, having this kind of free for all, anything goes attitude. What it means for its ability to attract advertising revenue in the future. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting point that you know, uh, some with an agenda might be able to kind of control the narrative a little bit yeah. <laughs> on Twitter too, um, yeah. which you know isn't necessarily beneficial to everyone um, totally. using it. And and I know there's been a lot of issues, um, especially around election cycles, with misinformation uh, circulating on Twitter. Totally, and it's not just Twitter. I mean, we've seen it happen on on Facebook as well. I think it weighed in. I mean, one one example I think I referred to, not in the last story I wrote, but a, a few weeks ago, was um, you know Facebook taking down posts last year about the when, whenever whenever there was a sort of suggestion that COVID might have started in a, a Wuhan laboratory and leaked from that, rather than you know rather than a, a local food market. 
mm-hmm. which was a sort of accepted view, I think, about a year and a half ago, certainly a year ago even, they, they took down those those posts, you know, they, and yet, you know, now no one really knows. I mean, Joe Biden's even even ordered a sort of investigation into, you know, into into how the outbreak occurred. And I think this this opinion that it might have leaked from a laboratory is now taken more seriously than it was. But and yet mm-hmm. we're sort of censoring that content content. They'd made up their minds that it wasn't acceptable to have posts like that up on the, you know, up on the platform. So that there's a classic example, I think, where they clearly got it wrong and and it was sort of Facebook. Facebook's management calling the shots, which to me shouldn't really have happened. Mm-hmm. I think similar things have probably happened at Twitter. So, you know, it's um, yeah, it's great in a way that Elon Musk is saying he, you know, he, that anything anything goes, and you can come along and and, and say what you want, with, presumably within reason. I mean, he's not going to accept a sort of incitement to violence, which which already falls outside the scope of, you know, of what's legal anyway. But um, you know, I, I just don't think it should be left to him. I think we need somebody. I think we need a regulatory authority to to come along and sort of decide on on those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's but a great point. Um, how it plays yeah. out. I mean, he's he's you know he's he's an intriguing figure, and and social media is not something he's been involved in before at this level, other than other than just being a sort of active you know person on Twitter and and posting comments on it a lot. You know, his other investments. Mm-hmm quite different tesla and, and and spacex obviously so it's um it's it's an it's an unusual move i think in that respect and um it, and it does make you think maybe this is about you know maybe this is about his sort of principles rather than some mm-hmm. try to turn twitter into a much more profitable business i mean if we give him the benefit of the doubt I, you know maybe he's right maybe there is a maybe there is a big appetite for this amongst people you know i think his view is that a lot of the people on twitter don't really use it very much. I think it's about 200 million mm-hmm. uh, regular use, monetizable. I think they call it daily active users, which doesn't. Which if you think about, you know, the size of the, you know, the size of Facebook, I, th- I think, or certain other platforms, it doesn't really sound that much. You know, it sounds like they could go a lot further. And you know, may- maybe with him, you know, ha- having this sort of anything goes message, it, 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 he might be able to win over more people. I, I don't know. And if that did happen, then maybe the brands start to sort of think differently about all of this stuff. So that that's giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I, I can certainly see why, you know, why there'd be concerns about the, um, you know, the business the business case for for what he's doing. And and I just don't mm-hmm. think it's to him what what what's what sort of, you know, what what the censorship side of things, uh, what happens on the censorship side of things. I don't think that should be up to him. It's really it's really mm-hmm. regulators, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely hard to um, pinpoint Elon Musk's motives um, on a range of things that he decides to do. So it'll be interesting to see um, how this shakes out and appreciate your coverage so far and looking forward to, um, you know, some future updates on this. So thanks so much, Ian. Appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you so much, Ian, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our amazing producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>